Breaking news for the NCAA basketball tournament. In fact, you know what? Let's just do this. Breaking news coming off of Twitter from Anthony Calhoun, who works for the sports director of WISH-TV in Indianapolis. He says, huge news for Indianapolis. Sources tell me that the NCAA and the city of Indianapolis have reached an agreement to host the entire 2021 NCAA men's basketball tournament in Indy. An official announcement is expected later today. Battle at the bubble. Battle at the bubble. We all knew this was going to happen as the pat or what was it? The trademarks were already filed for battle in the bubble. Battle at the. They had like trademark like ten of them. Yeah, and that one guy had like a ton of them that they were potentially looking at. Yep. yep. So there you guys go. Uh, much like the NBA did when they bubbled up. In what was that? Uh, Orlando Disney World. Now the NCAA will be bubbling up in Indianapolis for the whole tournament. I don't know. I'm, that was inevitable, right? We all thought that was going to happen, didn't we? Yep. Well, especially when Crossroads they were. of America. Yep. Especially when they were looking into it this summer. Yeah. Once the NBA showed that it worked for basketball, yeah, there's just gonna be a lot. There's just gonna be a lot more teams and a lot more kids, a lot more people. Um, I wonder if I doubt. Does that mean no fans then? You guys think? I'm gonna guess, or just maybe family members, but I'd say probably no fans at all. Because what the NBA started allowing, they're allowing fans in indoors. So, are they? Yeah. Well, I guess depends on the league. Well, so assume they'll allow fans. They need to make money. Wisconsin, like they won't allow fans into the Kohl Center. I don't think they're not doing family members, right? But at Michigan State, when the Badgers beat Michigan State on Christmas Day, they allowed family members in. Yep. Um, but at the Kohl Center, they don't think they're allowing anybody in. It all depends on what state you're in, obviously. So uh, Wisconsin would have played at the Kohl Center yesterday against Penn, Penn State, excuse me, but that game was postponed, and it's because of COVID nineteen, not because of the Badgers, but. Penn State, and we were talking about this earlier when RJ first came on. Uh, they're going to reschedule the game as the Big Ten um, has allowed some room within their, you know, their season, Big Ten season, to reschedule some of these. Uh, they left some dates open later in the in the calendar to allow schools to make up games. Uh, Penn State probably would have gotten tuned up by the Badgers. Now they're going to have to wait until Thursday when they welcome in the Indiana Hoosiers at the Kohl Center. Nice win. Did you guys watch it all? Um, uh, New Year's Eve against Minnesota. That was a nice win for the Badgers. Yeah. yeah, just the one thing that we've seen with the Badgers, right? They've jumped out to huge leads, and then all of a sudden they won by 12. What were they up by, 27? 26 or 27, yeah. something yeah, like they that. They were they crushing. Were, they were absolutely destroying Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, they were forcing the ball into the paint early. I think they were. Um, they remembered what they did wrong against what Maryland when they allowed them just to attack the paint relentlessly. Mm. Wisconsin's like, well, we're going to do that instead. So Micah Potter scored 10 of his 18 points, grabbed 9 of his 11 rebounds in the first half, just dominating the paint. Seven-point lead at break. Um, Like all but three of Micah Potter's shots came from inside the three-point line, so he was getting after it. Wisconsin outscored the Gophers 40-18 to down low in the paint. That was what a role reversal from the game before against Maryland, obviously. So it was the weirdest nice thing. Say. It was the weirdest thing ever, though. I know he didn't score many points, but Nate Reavers had seven points. But when he was catching the ball in the post, he looked confident. He was going right to a post move and scoring. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looked good. Why has he not done that in every single game? 
especially when you can look just at that Maryland game when we talked about that he only had guys that were six foot seven on him. Minnesota's got bigger guys than that down low. Yeah, but he didn't look confident for some reason. He was taking fadeaway jump shots and, and not hitting them. He looked confident when he took it, made a post move, and he was scoring. Yeah, speaking now, of co- just seven points, but Michael Potter was the same way. Yeah, speaking of confidence, Dimitri Trice has been crushing it this year uh, against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I saw our sports director Zach Heilprin had this stat of the game: plus twenty four, plus minus. Dimitri Trice was plus 24. That's how many points Wisconsin was better than Minnesota when Trice was on the floor. He finished with 14 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals. And he was also the main defender on Minnesota's good guard car for much of the night. Dimitri Trice, balling this season. Yeah, the, the big men down low looked more confident. Trice continued to roll. And how about Aleem Ford? Dude, Aleem Ford been crushing. Playing more aggressive and looking to post up, post up not necessarily – hanging out on the wing, looking mm-hmm. to hit threes. But when he's more aggressive and looking to play down low, it yeah. just makes his game that much better, and it makes the Wisconsin Badgers that much better. Yeah, Aleem yeah. Ford had 14 points. He's now scored double figures in five straight games. That's the longest of his career. In that streak, he's averaged 12.4 points and grabbing four and a half rebounds per game. So Aleem Ford, a new aggressive Aleem Ford. Aleem Ford is one of those guys that every year seems seem to get better, like leaps and bounds, better, better, better. This year, pff, crushing. The fruits yeah. of his labor, RJ, coming through. <laughs> Demetri Trice is seeming like he's been in school for like 12 years. His experience just coming through. Demetri Trice has been, well, they've all been a bright spot on the Badgers. Trice, though, has been shining, I think, the brightest for the longest period of time. I'll lean forward to Rowdy's point. And when um, Johnny Davis is on the court, man, does he look good, too. Yeah, he looks all right. <laughs> a true freshman, Johnny Davis. Played right, quarterback well, in high school. Who didn't play quarterback in that? Do you know Demetri Trice played quarterback in high school? What? Like 12 years ago. I heard Brad Davison did too. What? Yeah. No way. You know, we're still riding high after that Duke's Mayo Bowl victory. And then the, the name started to trickle in on Saturday and then into Sunday about who is coming back. In case you missed it, tight end, and believe it or not, he is also Barry Alvarez's grandson. What? Yeah, oh yeah who led the Badgers in almost every single uh, receiving category, Jake Ferguson is coming back for the Wisconsin Badgers. Linebacker uh, yeah, Sanborn, he's coming back. Cornerback Fayon Hicks, he's coming back, all juniors. Uh, and then on Sunday, Kendrick Pryor said, you know what, I'm going to give her a go as well too, as Kendrick Pryor is now coming back for 2021. Now Pryor just played in three games. Uh, due to injury, he got a full game against Illinois, but left the Michigan and Indiana games early with upper body injuries, both of which are believed to be head injuries. Now, in those games, Pryor had eight catches for 119 yards while also carrying twice for nine yards. Um, all right, so without Pryor and then uh, fellow receiver Danny Davis, Wisconsin really struggled uh, in the past game and led the, let's see, the Badgers scoring less than 10 points in three straight games for the first time since the year of 1990. So with Pryor returning, all eyes are now on Danny Davis. He missed the final five games with an undisclosed injury. And uh, if you guys remember correctly, Joe Rudolph, the offensive coordinator, said that he believed Pryor, both Pryor and Davis would be coming back for another shot at their senior years. Uh, Pryor coming back, a good thing. Are we thinking Danny Davis is coming back too? I don't think he's going to the NFL. Yeah, I don't really see him being a pro. Rowdy? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the smart thing for Danny Davis would be to come back because if you look at it, uh, Quintez Cephas was the best receiver on that staff last year. 
he was a late, super late pick by the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I don't think anyone could argue that Danny Davis is a better receiver or more polished than Quintez Cephas was last year. Yeah. And if anything, uh, going back, making sure you secure that degree and then seeing what the future holds after next season, I think that's probably the smarter play. Oh, also, um, I forgot about this one as well. You know, Jack Cohen put his name in the transfer portal. Nakia Watson, also name in the transfer portal. Nakia Watson, no longer a Wisconsin Badger as obviously it was uh, Jalen Berger's time to be the feature back for the Badgers. So Garrett Groshek, Jalen Berger, uh, Garendo is still there, and um, Julius Davis. So Nakia Watson, gone. I think um, I think he saw the writing on the wall, right? Yeah. yeah, and I don't think the Wisconsin backfield's really going to miss him, to be completely honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I mean, when we watched the Wake Forest game, Wake Forest's running back really reminded me of Nikia Watson, uh, but had better vision after he danced for like five minutes. It, it and it's not a compliment. No, like Nikia Watson is the poor man's version of that Wake Forest running back, because for some reason he could stand back there, dart back and forth, and still find five yards. Nikia Watson. Had to have you just run right into somebody, just yeah. open up for him, and run through holes that I think we all could run through. Yeah. Um. And at some point, you thought it would click. Never and did. Never really I, I did. It just didn't. And we saw from the get go, uh, Berger was the best running back well, in that back. Even going back to the Illinois game where Graham Mertz balled out and was throwing touchdown pass after touchdown pass. You still saw it was Isaac Garendo and Nakia Watson getting quite a bit of carries. And Nakia Watson was the bell cow for that game. Yeah. yeah. And nothing about his performance inspired much hope for the rest of the season. It was a lot of, oop, he missed a hole there. Or, oop, Jonathan Taylor would have had 30 on this one. Now you're comparing them to... Probably the best running back ever in college football through three seasons. Yep. But again, they were plays that Jalen Berger was making just two games later, where mm-hmm. he was he was breaking it outside where there was a little bit of a hole for fifteen yards. Right. Where Nakia Watson was running exactly where the play was designed for two. And yeah. I think the writing is on the wall when all of a sudden, yeah, Nakia Watson, yeah, he, he didn't play in the bowl game. But Jalen Berger had another 15 carries. Garrett Groshak obviously was there. He's their third down back, and he's probably returning as well. Is is this one of those where yeah, Gro- has Groshak have... said anything? No. I don't think he said anything, but I think yeah, I think he'd be back in another situation. His would probably be to come back. Did, did yeah. Watson probably say something before the Minnesota game to, is that to the coaching really... staff? I mean, I mean, he probably heard. He probably heard. Um, uh, Cohen say something before the Iowa game. He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm kind of thinking about this too." Yeah, because I mean, against Iowa, like 29 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything special. Well, I mean, are we going to be missing? No offense to Nakia Watson, he was a no. He's a nice. <laughs> are no. we going to be missing his? No, it's like you. The the stable's full. Like I'll honestly, I'm honestly I mean, going it's to. It's really not full. I well, mean, for, I mean, when it comes to him being a you, lead you back, but he's Julie, not. Yeah. When would you ever see him on the field? You have Julius Davis back there who. I can't remember a carry outside of one where they ran him to the short side of the field where the defense was already stacked that way and he lost a yard. Um, if Groshek comes back, you got him back there. Um, 
you have three more running backs coming in well, this year. And Jalen Berger yeah. was the best running back on the team last year. Yes. And there's whispers of a four star former four star recruit out of USC that potentially wants to transfer into Wisconsin. Yep. I'm yeah, interested. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm interested to see where Nakia Watson honestly transfers. Same. Because I don't think it's big division one because he doesn't look like a division one running back, no. to be completely honest. Did I see we might see him at like a, a if he's going back home to Texas, uh like a Texas State Houston. Did I see that some was it you uh, like guys telling me this? Of five school? Was you guys telling me this that uh Cohen was gonna go to Northwestern? Who was one of you guys? I saw a tweet that said that. Was it you? Were we talking about that? I think someone told me watch him go to Northwestern in your office. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Zach said that, didn't he? Heilprin? Yeah. Yeah. You guys asked him who, who you thought he was going to, and he just bluntly said Northwestern. Yeah. And scurried away. Yeah. Yeah. He was on air. He's always scurrying. He didn't pipe bomb you. I don't think Todd Rudgren's drum has ever sounded sweeter than it does today. As the Packers are the number one seed in the NFC. As they have taken down the Chicago Bears, was there ever a doubt? 35-16. to 16. Aaron Rodgers should have been given the MVP award at halftime. Let's just wrap that up, too. Leave no doubt. Rodgers, your MVP. And the Packers will have the playoffs coming through Lambeau. If they get, when they get, to a title game, an NFC title game, it'll be at historic Lambeau Field. And the Packers could punch their ticket into the Super Bowl, and we could get her going, baby. Welcome on in. Rowdy, good morning. Good morning. RJ, good morning. Victory Monday. Oh, hi. Victory Monday, says Rowdy. All right, so, Rowdy, how would you, uh, how would you describe that game against the Chicago Bears yesterday? At Soldier Field. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like I was kind of just going through the motions as a fan watching it. Oh, I was gonna say you were. Well, it's like it, it was like it, <laughs> like it was it was inevitable because you knew they were gonna win, right? Yeah, you figured they were going Thought to they win. Were. They were the much better team. We were talking about it on Thursday about you know what aspect of the game do the Bears really scare you do you feel like they're much better than the Packers and what did we say and the only thing we really could come up with was special teams and what happened on special teams well (laughs) there was there there was some oopsies from the Packers on special teams again but they won and they they won 35 16 and basically outside of that Bears first drive where the Green Bay defense for some reason again didn't want to play more than four guys on a front. Didn't want to put more than five, maybe six guys in a box. Yeah. All while the Bears were running two and three tight end sets and running David Montgomery. The defense looked pretty good. The defense did yeah. look really and good. And I think another thing that I noticed during that first drive was a lot of Lancaster in the game. A lot of Lancaster. And then after that, it was like, I think it was uh, Snacks Harrison started getting some more uh, yep. play, playing time. Yep. And for a guy that they just acquired, obviously wasn't in the building for less than a week and playing, he looked pretty good and he looked pretty serviceable and he looked a hell of a lot better than a lot of the guys they had on the line. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looked hungry for some snacks out there. Chris Barnes looked pretty damn good. Uh, he Man, had a team high game. 14 tackles, rookie. Uh, RJ, how would you describe? Good morning, RJ. How would you describe that game over uh, that victory over the Chicago Bears yesterday at Soldier? Still, still a little frustrating when there was one pass over 10 yards 
And yet, down after down, you went into... Talking about the Bears on offense? Yeah. Yeah. On defense, you still went into soft coverage where many of the times you allowed first downs on third and five, well, for third the, and seven. After that first first drive that I talked about where it seemed like they were only having four, four-man fronts and then five or six-man boxes against uh, mm-hmm. the Bears, they all of a sudden started putting more guys on the front, putting more guys in the box, but like you said, they were still playing off seven to nine yards on outside receivers and allowing Mitchell Trubisky for the first, I would say, half at mm-hmm. least, yeah. to throw underneath and complete these passes right. that you didn't necessarily need to allow him to do. If you would have played maybe not necessarily press coverage, but a lesser than a seven to nine right. yard five cushion. Yard, yeah, that five, five yard cushion would have been fine. Yeah. He, all he was doing was throwing underneath routes yeah. and, and giving or taking exactly what the defense was giving him. It wasn't mm-hmm. like Mitchell Trubisky was making these throws where we're like, oh my goodness, no. he's no. he's having a hell of a game here. Yeah. They were all throws that an NFL quarterback should be able to yeah. make. They're yes. less than, like you said, the, 10 yards. It's like a game, one, game manager throws. The other one I, I you love to see was fourth and one where all the time earlier in the game, it was either Mitchell Trubisky for the first down or Montgomery for the first down, and they decided to pass the ball late in the game. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like I, I'm sorry. And as a fan, I was like, ah, man, that's awesome. What are you doing? But as as a foot, somebody watching a football game, like looking at the X and O's, I'm like, you just run that. <laughs> yeah. So well, I mean, I just don't get why the Packers. We were talking about they had to adjust their front. But they gave they allowed a touchdown before they did it. Mm-hmm. They basically allowed Mitchell Trubisky to throw underneath for at least two quarters, potentially about three. Mm-hmm. But then when the game was on the line, all of a sudden they seemed they were up and closer to press coverage or just a few yards off the football, and they made Trubisky have to beat him because they continued to have uh, heavier boxes and and more guys on the front. And look at what happened. When they really officially started to press coverage, he threw an interception. Yeah, and it was beautiful. Pa- passes were a little more. If off. Mitchell Trubisky uh, did not he, throw he an looked, interception, he looked jittery in the yeah. pocket. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like oh one two three out balls out yep. one two three balls out here. My first receiver's open. Here's my second one here. Once he got a little jittery and he didn't know where his first or second guy or if his first or second guy wasn't open. Oh yeah, it was he, over. He looked like Mitchell Trubisky. It was game over yeah. for Trubisky. The I think the one silver lining for the Bears in this one is Cole Komet looks like he's going to be pretty Dude, Cole Komet's a beast. Good. Also, silver lining, they're in the playoffs. But here's yeah. the thing. Wow. If you, <laughs> you in the playoffs. They had to have belief in Cole Komet because he was a high draft pick. Yeah. He's a beast. <laughs> Why did you sign Jimmy Graham for all that yeah, I don't money get it. then? Nah, did um, you see Jimmy Graham totally like botch it on the interception too? For, uh, yeah. Because he was supposed to do a little, like I think he was supposed to do a little rub on the defender, and then he just ran straight. <laughs> No chip, no yeah, nothing. nothing. He was just like, ah. And then like, oh, interception. Like Jimmy Graham just collecting a paycheck. Definitely. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phones really quick. And I have breaking news when it comes to college basketball as well. Uh, who's this? Hey, bud, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, what's up, my man? Hey, not much. Uh, my biggest complaint out of the game yesterday would have been tackling. I mean, still atrocious. I mean, this late <laughs> in the season, and to be what we are and, and still 
defense, just tackling in general is just garbage. Yeah, that was uh, that's a complaint, and my other complaint is something, and I think we're just going to have to live with it because we've been living living with it for a while now. Is that drop that Marquez Valdez Scantling had for a touchdown? Oh he, yeah, you can't was... be doing that in the playoffs. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that that dude could be just an absolute great receiver. He's just got to catch the damn ball. Yeah, he's wide open on that one, Kyle. Yes. Yeah, Totally. I mean, they hit him right in the freaking crotch. Don't they put? I mean, you've ever have you ever tried those uh, gloves on that they wear? The wide receivers wear? Oh, they're sick. They're like stickums on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I actually bought some for my boy for uh, flag football years back. They're ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know how you cannot like catch anything of those things on. That's oh, insane. Tell, tell me about it. Hey, and then uh, Devonte Adams' uh, theme song should be Footloose. <laughs> I like that. That you just inspired something for me. Maybe we'll think of a Devonte Adams theme song. Footloose. I'll write you down, Kyle. That dude is insane, and then uh, Badgers basketball looked great uh, New Year's. Yeah, yeah, didn't they? I mean, they tuned up Minnesota big time. Yeah, that was a good game, and uh, too bad we couldn't watch yesterday, but uh, yeah, oh well. They would have destroyed the Nittany Lions. Yeah, for sure. Well, Kyle, uh, have a good New Year's, man. What would you do? Uh, like I said, played some cards with the family, had some fun with the wife, drank some beers, and uh, just kicked back and had a good time. Uh, man, true to your word. Love it, Kyle. Hey, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for calling in in the new year. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too, man. There he is. Kyle from Stoughton. Good stuff right there. I was going to write down his uh, RJ's like, what are, you, what are you doing with this paper and pen? Footloose yeah. for Devontae Adams. Maybe a Devontae Adams theme song. He he did bring up a good point uh, on tackling as well. There were a couple of those little dump passes that should have been stopped for three yards that ended up going for Do I have to 14. say it, though? Say it. Kevin King is so bad at tackling. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's <laughs> terrible like, at tackling. The more you watch the guy, obviously we always felt like when he was healthy – He's a decent cover. Yeah. But the more you see he's healthy and on the field, just the worse the tackling is. I'm going to go out on a limb and say in the winter season, Kevin King probably played basketball <laughs> because that technique coming in with the head down, I don't even know what it is, would never have made it or cut it in any <laughs> wrestling room I've ever been in. He's Dude, he is a tough scene hey, when it looks at tackling. You... Your body goes where your eyes are looking. I don't understand Kevin <laughs> King and his tackling, dude. I don't, I don't, or lack thereof tackling. His, his biggest contribution last night was on that defensive group celebration where he slid in late and started doing the dance yeah. on the ground. Kevin King is just, I mean, he and makes so, plays once in a while, but my God, he on can't that tackle. on that interception or potential interception in the end zone where it basically hit Kevin King right, right in the crotch, right in the stomach, <laughs> and he dropped it. My, uh, I got a text from a buddy saying, nice hands, feet. <laughs> and, and I go, the sad part is he catches better than he tackles. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. It's, that, I, I loved uh, the explanation by Collinsworth made it sound like a, a goalie in hockey getting screened. Because he's like, he got screened on now, and so he probably didn't see the ball. I was like, what? No. I don't think he got screened. I just... It, and and it did go five holes. Do you so. think? Do you think the reason why he didn't catch it and run off is because he didn't want to potentially get tackled by someone else? Yeah. <laughs> or he's like, I think I he was want just somebody to show me how to tackle. <laughs> I think he was just surprised that the ball was right there. Yeah. Well, it's it's is that surprising though? It's Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. The bottom did drop out of that pretty That's quick true. though. That was a nice little six to ten, uh, twelve yeah. to six curve. I think uh, <laughs> Trubisky was uh, thinking, I'm going to throw the sinker here. <laughs> Favorite Bears quarterback in the past, uh, like main three starters they had: Rex Grossman, Jay Cutler, or Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, it's sexy Rexy. It's, I love sexy Rexy, but it's but I think it's got to be Cuddy. But I don't know. Rex Grossman was incredible. <laughs> got him. To Super Mitchell Bowl. Trubisky's. Believe it or not, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, isn't this his second time in the playoffs? Yeah. 
And Matt Nagy, second time in the playoffs out of the three years? Four. Four, is it now? Yeah. I'll have to go look. I mean, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> All right. I still have to say, I think my favorite quarterback out of those three would have to be Mitchell Trubisky because he always just has like this kind of like dumb look on his face. Yeah. yeah, it's like, how did I get here? And it, obviously, you could say the same about Jay Cutler, but Jay Cutler actually had a lot of ability. Jay Cutler didn't a sit there staring with his mouth open. Yeah, and Jay Cutler just looked Jay like... Jay Cutler could sling the eh, ball. I just don't really want to be here. Mitchell Trubisky just has a dumb look on his face like, I can't figure out why I'm not good. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's like, I can't figure out how I got drafted this guys, high and why TVs I'm here. the are still on. It's like, guys, you really had Mahomes and Watson on the board and you chose me? I can't figure it out. Like, I don't get it. What am I doing here? Well, some, one of my buddies is a Bears fan. His name's Matt. He texted me. He goes, the only reason Trubisky gets trashed as much as he does is where he was picked in the draft. Oh, well. I'm like, well, yeah, your organization chose to do that. And yet that GM still has a job. And pl- sign him up for a lifetime contract. Yeah, yeah. his uh, newest signing was uh, Jimmy Graham. Eight, t- eight tight ends, a quarterback who oh, probably should have taken in the third don't forget, round. They also, he also signed Jason Spriggs. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Has that guy been playing? Probably not. I don't remember his name yesterday. Huh? Wow. He got hurt. Oh, he got hurt. He got hurt, and then oh. he got COVID, I think, a while ago. I will say this, though. For trading a bunch of picks for Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Khalil Mack the last few years, Bears didn't have a ton of draft capital this last uh, no. draft, but they still got Cole Komet. They still got uh, Mooney, the receiver, and they still got, uh, what is it, Vilder? Velder, the corner? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's out anyway? Three decent Wasn't players right there. No, he played yesterday. He, he was, was one that who dropped. Who were the two that were out? Uh, screen and uh, Jalen Johnson. Oh. Yeah, yeah, their Johnson. Other, there you go. One of their other picks who played pretty well this year as a rookie, but but that's four rookies right there Yeah, that yeah. were all pretty good, and they didn't have really any high, super high picks. Uh, I'd say Ryan Pace did pretty well in yeah. the draft right. this I mean, year. There's still a playoff team. Get rid of your high picks, and you're not making any mistakes. Well, didn't we think <laughs> the Bears would be the last in the NFC? I thought the Bears would be last, or the no. Lions would be last in the NFC North. Yeah. I, Ellie and I did. Yeah, at one point. They're when, in the playoffs. Uh, at one point when they were cratering and they had benched Mitchell Trubisky well, and Nick Foles six in a row. was playing terribly, and then all of a sudden they're like, we're going to make the call back to Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> you're like, oh, a, God. that was a disaster go. waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think this uh, this cat number twelve been the most happiest he's been in quite some time. Humming on offense, their team's thirteen and three. They're the number one seed in the NFC. And Rowdy, I remember this. There's this old video of uh, Rodgers and Jordy Nelson sitting side by side. I think it was after the Atlanta Falcons game. And Rodgers looks at Jordy on the bench and says, "Man, we need to get one of these coming through Lambeau in the NFC Championship game." Because Rodgers has never had one at Lambeau. Now, they had an opportunity in 2011, but they got beat by the Giants after that 15-1 and season. But they finally have another opportunity of getting an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. I do believe they're letting fans into the stands, not full Lambeau. I think it was like 10,000, I want to say. And they're going to be getting them uh, in the elements. Now, when the Tennessee Titans came into Lambeau Field, remember it was snowy. Uh, we're all concerned about the Packers' rush defense because Derrick Henry coming in, King Henry. And we're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Well, what happened in that game, Rowdy? Wasn't it the A.J. Dillon show? Yeah, that's where the Packers obviously jumped out quick lead. Yep, They're up big against Tennessee and pretty much shut down Derrick Henry for the most part. 
until more or less the third quarter, which was the funniest part about it because Tennessee continued to run the football when they were down big. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, dude, you guys, you guys know you're down big, right? And the Packers are stopping you. All right, so uh, comments here from Aaron Rodgers on earning the number one seed. I mean, it gives us that opportunity. That's a different year, so the home field advantage might not mean the exact same as in years past, obviously, with the home field crowd. that can uh, make a difference certain times in the game, but uh, it's important. You know, we know the, you know the weather is an issue always in, in these months, so we'll definitely be hoping for some uh, cold, frigid temperatures in a couple weeks. All right, so you get the elements on your side, but how about this? Desperately wanting, desperately wanting. Obviously, home field advantage, and there's <laughs> you can't get a packed Lambeau field. Of all those years of wanting and yearning for it, you can't even get a Lambeau field full of people. You get maybe I think it was ten. I want to say it was ten thousand. If they're still letting fans in the stands, that's well, tough. I mean, if they do let ten thousand fans in, some will say that's too many. Anyways, they shouldn't be playing to begin with. Speaking, I think of, it's funny that. All of a sudden, the Bills are having some success again for the first time in what feels like about 20, 25 years. Bill down. And now with the state of New York being on such a lockdown for, what, the last eight months? Yeah. Now all of a sudden, because the Bills are playing good football, they're going to let people into the stadium? Are they? LOL. I liked how all New York was shut down for New Year's, and then Bill was de Blasio was out there dancing in Times Square with his wife. Talk about tone-deaf, idiotic moron. Aaron Rodgers, a landslide. Odds-on favorite to win the MVP. What is he, minus 3,000 now? Minus 3,000. All but locked up, just like Devontae Adams said. Here is Aaron Rodgers, who after the game yesterday against the Bears, he now has 48 touchdowns. That's a franchise record. He... Previously hold the franchise record at 45 in 2011. Here's Rodgers talking about if he, if he thought he'd ever top his uh, production in 2011. It's just things that happen in the regular season where, you know, you don't have, you know, a lot of guys, you know, getting stopped at the one-yard line or inside the five or dropping touchdowns. You know, you kind of max out on the amount of touchdowns you get. So, no, you don't expect to ever do that, really. I mean, you can talk about how cool it would be to, you know, have 50 touchdowns, five picks. But, you know, those aren't necessarily the goals that you focus on. I think the goals Rodgers is focusing on is hoisting another Lombardi's trophy. Here's Rodgers on a special season for him. I've really just tried to, to have a good perspective, an attitude of gratitude, and just to really enjoy every moment of, of this season. And that's why, you know, although it might not have been the most fun, just because I missed the fans, it was maybe the most special regular season. Yeah, just think if Rodgers would have fans in the stands to help celebrate these stats. 4,299 yards, 70.7% completion, 48 touchdowns, which I just said, franchise record, 51 total touchdowns of franchise record, and only five interceptions. Rodgers says there was a level of efficiency he wanted to get to this season. I felt like you know I've been playing at the level that I expected to play at this year. thought I was capable of playing at, and you know, it goes back to the mindset and the off-season work, and I'm really proud of that part of it. There's a lot of people that had a role in that, um, especially in the months of March and April and May, doing my rehab, my body work, and my workouts. Um, those are really, really important. And one more from Rogers before we get comments here from Rowdy. I see the phone lines blowing up, so hang on one second. Rogers would not be able to do this without a guy named Devontae Adams. And Rogers speaks 
about Devontae Adams. First, Devontae Adams in the presser yesterday said Rodgers, MVP, give it to him. He wrapped it up. Here's Rodgers talking about Adams. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I told Tay in the locker room. I said 13 and a half games, and you just had the greatest season of a Packer receiver in history. And it got me emotional. It gets me emotional in this moment. I just have a ton of respect and appreciation for him and what he's accomplished. Uh, it's been an unbelievable year. Uh, he's just such a special, special player. Rowdy, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about Devontae Adams and Rodgers, that connection, because it is, as he just said, special. Well, I think the biggest thing that I'm impressed with with Aaron Rodgers is how easy he made it look this year, <laughs> how efficient he was this season. And we're talking about how he didn't have weapons going into the season, which I think we, a lot of us still agree with. Yeah. He had Devontae Adams and then a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. Well, Obviously, Bob Tunyon, he kind of emerged as a tight end. He's got like, what, 12 touchdowns now? You had uh, MVS have flashes. You had Alan Lazard have flashes. And then, obviously, Devontae Adams had probably the best season for an NFL wide receiver this year. And he missed games. (laughs) And he missed two games. Wow. But I'm so impressed with how efficient he is. And how about the fact that he raised his completion percentage Nearly 9%. Unbelievable. From 62.0, 62.0 in 2019 to 70.7% completion percentage, and that led the NFL this year. Wild. And I just think about it as, you know, the 2017 year where Rodgers was up and down, kind of shaky, and then he, he broke the collarbone, and then he tried to come back, and it was kind of like herky-jerky to 2018 where he hurt the leg against the Bears and yep. it never seemed like he was right ever since then. There were also some bickering between him and McCarthy and it was getting the relationship was bad. It, it was, it was soured. It was soured. And the completion percentage really wasn't there. And then even into 2019 when he was supposedly healthy in the first year of of Matt LaFleur's offense, he was still missing receivers that he normally didn't miss. Like we know Aaron Rodgers as a top five quarterback in the NFL that can pretty much put the football wherever he wants it. And he just really wasn't doing that last season. No, he was missing receivers well, he had, uh, that were open at times. And then this year, everything's on the money. Everything well, is right where it has to be last year. Or was it the year before Rogers had 58 throwaways and he was 26th completion percentage in the league. I believe that was 2018. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, the last, last year, year of him McCarthy. and McCarthy where he was calling his own plays. He had 58 throwaways, some, 26 in completion. Some people may or may not have thought that he was potentially uh, missing throws. Or, on purpose. Or on purpose. All right, Nelly, you said you had um, not an epiphany, but kind of something like, bing, it's like a light bulb went on in your head watching the game yesterday. What was it? Well, no, it has to do with Aaron Rodgers, you know, all of a sudden leading the NFL in completion percentage yeah, at nearly 71%. Crushing. And, and it's just night and day better than his last two seasons. And I think you got to give a... Now, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He had some of the best balls and accuracy of anyone else in the in the league, right? Nice balls. Ask Olivia and Danica. 100%. And, but you have to give a little bit of that credit to Matt LaFleur because some of these plays have been drawn up so well and executed to perfection where... It's the guy that he's supposed to be looking at is wide open. And one thing that I I think has actually helped from 2019 season is the fact that Devontae Adams went down with an injury where he missed some time. Because remember when they played, I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was when they all of a sudden started using 
guys like Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones in different situations, like throwing them out in the slot yeah. or different things like that, <clears throat> getting other guys open and getting them the football, designing other plays for other people. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of hit me yesterday too because when you look at Aaron Jones, you want to get him the ball in space, right? Yeah. We see that he's he's a smaller running back where you don't want to run him through the tackles every single play. That's why you brought in A.J. Dillon. That's why Jamal Williams also gets carries up the middle. Yep. But I love that all of a sudden they were throwing the ball to Aaron Jones, like just little swing passes. And I know Aaron Jones made some incredible plays uh, I think it was a third down and long where he like broke two tackles and made a nice cut and picked up the first down. Yeah. But just getting Aaron Jones the football in open space, it's something that it's not complicated, but for some reason teams don't do that all the time when they have players like Aaron Jones. Well, it's something that you always say, right? It doesn't take a genius to have a good idea. Or like some of these some of these bootlegs or little waggles that they run with Rodgers and they get them out and it's like Rob Tanyan or Alan Lazard have like a nice little out pattern. Yeah. And it's just a simple little pass. Are you giving Wonder Boy Matt LaFleur credit right now? Yeah, to an extent I like well, we have to, an to. Extent I mean, look at I him because look at the plays. Three, man. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Number one he's seed. Pretty much for most of his career has been a top five quarterback in the league. And for a large chunk of that was the best, in my opinion, quarterback in the league. And I think he's found a little something this year. I think that also mixes being the second year in the system and the fact that I think he's more comfortable with LaFleur. For sure. He's more open with himself and the media for and sure. everyone else. And he's got a guy named Devontae Adams. But there is something to say that these play calls have been designed for these certain players like Tunyon, like Lazard, like it's Aaron nice. Jones, and they've gotten him open, and Aaron Rodgers has taken taken the checkdowns and hasn't looked to throw it forty yards deep. Yeah, he still takes those opportunities when they're there, but the, the hitting his first, the ball. yeah hitting his first and second reads have been wide open this season. Yeah, it's been nice. It's been a breath of fresh air. Zach, good morning, happy New Year! By the way, how was your New Year's? Fantastic. Did you ring it in with it's, the PlayStation Five? I did not ring it in with some beer. Ooh, my man, my man, cutting a little loose. Okay. All right, Zach. I I assume you guys did the same, except probably not beer. I did not have a single drop of beer. But you had liquor. Yes, a lot of brandy, a lot of brandy. And uh, I stayed up till 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning getting after it. How about you? Did you make it to Uh, midnight? Oh, yeah, I made it to, I think it was like 2.30. Oh, see, you're right there with me then, man. Yeah. Let's just say Friday was a struggle. I was, I was Friday. It was like the delayed hangover, right? I woke up. I was like going to go to the gym, feeling on top of the world. And then I like toiled around for about an hour. And I was like, oof, I'm going to just lay on the couch for the rest of the day. I, I had that Christmas Eve. For some reason, we decided to drink Christmas Eve, and it was a bad choice. Hey, whatever. Bad, hey, bad choice. Zach, what I did like to do, though, before I started you know, getting after the brandy and uh, the partying and the steak and the crab legs and yada, 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 is I want to talk package with you, too, coming up. But first, uh, on New Year's Eve, man, did Wisconsin look really good, a bounce-back game after losing to Maryland against the Minnesota Golden Golfers. Yeah, they dominated that game. I mean, it was uh, not as close as the score indicated game. It was 71-59, but it felt like Wisconsin dominated that thing almost from the jump. I mean, they had a seven-point lead at half, and then it stretched. Their defense was fantastic. They That was where they needed to bounce back the most after getting torn apart by Maryland in the second half, and they did. They were That was as good a defensive effort that they put on the floor this year, and it wasn't just one half. It was both halves. They did a great job of Marcus Carr. I mean, it was it was as complete of a performance um, – 
you know, but perhaps at both ends of the floor yeah. uh, that they've had. Well, dude, how how great was it to see? I mean, I, I know for my aspect as more of a fan, as you're the reporter and I'm the fan, and I'm looking at the game against Maryland, and anyone, anyone, even blind people, could see that Wisconsin was getting dominated down in the paint by Maryland. And then yeah. they must have worked on that really hard in practice because they dominated. What was it, forty to eighteen? They outscored the Gophers in the paint. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to get the ball inside. I mean, it didn't necessarily go great for them in the first half. I mean, Nate Reavers got blocked a couple times. Even uh, Michael Potter had some issues in there. I think Michael Potter was four for eleven in the first half. But I think it's the idea of just trying to establish yourself. And they did not do that at all against Maryland in the post and and got abused down there. And on the other hand, of it against Minnesota, they did the abusing down low. Uh, it, all the shots weren't great, but uh, all the shots didn't go down. But it was the the effort to get it in there. And Michael Potter finally did. You know, start getting uh, being able to convert there in the second half. Yeah. But um, I think it's more of a uh, an attitude than perhaps. Obviously, you want to produce when you get down there, but um, it's the attitude of forcing it in there and, and not settling for outside shots. Yeah. Speaking of attitude, man, um, I saw reading your article at MadCitySportsZone.com. Beautiful, beautiful article. Was was that plus twenty four? That's what. How much better the Badgers were points wise than Minnesota when Demetric Trice was on the floor? As Demetric Trice. I mean, has he elevated his – I know he's elevated his game, but is he the star of the Badgers right now? He's their best player. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? I like, well, I'd like to – I mean, get your take on it. Can they make a deep run if he's your best player in the tournament? Well, yeah. I mean, you got the big guys down low. I mean, I know they don't play the same no, but, time with Reavers and, uh, Dem- uh, and Potter, but if Demetri Trice, if you've got good guard play and you're shooting, shooting like he is, then, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. I, I, I'm well, kind of torn think? on it. I'm kind of torn on it because, like, small guards like him, and and he's been, you know, he's been here forever. It seems like. <laughs> I know. Um, well, this is the best I've ever seen him. No, oh, no, of course, and that's what you expect, right? Yeah. He's 24 years old. Yeah. You, you would expect him to be hitting, you know, not maybe not his peak, but uh, certainly as a, his collegiate peak at when he's been around for as long as he has <laughs> been. But um, yeah, no, he he is. But I, I want to say yes. Like, I want to say you can make a deep run with that. Um, but it can't be him alone. No, you know what I mean, yes, like, he can't yes. do it by himself. It has to have, uh, you know, an yeah. Oh, yes. Ten, I see what you're saying. Eleven from from Micah Potter. It needs, you know, Aline Ford to continue on his his uh, hot streak of late. Like well, it needs other people. It can't just be him. He he can't carry them. I think to a deep run. Yes. Okay. I, I understand. Player, yes. I see what but you're saying now. He needs help. So with that help, I mean, you see Potter, you know, getting it done against, you know, bouncing back from Maryland against Minnesota. Uh, Reavers, I hope he can kind of, um, I don't know, man up a little bit for lack of a better term. But Aline Ford. Speak on Aleem Ford of how these five games he's just been dominating. How about the play of Aleem Ford, man? Yeah, 12.4 points, uh, close to five rebounds per game. I mean, this is the, I mean, it's been double figures for five straight games. It's the first time in his career he's ever done that. And we, we, we've kind of joked a little bit about him being like the second half Aleem Ford just because he's really been bad in the first half of games for the most part. It hasn't necessarily been that way the last few. He's really showed up uh, in the first half and given them a huge lift and, you know, I know sometimes it doesn't look the greatest. Like when he's when he is active and when he is aggressive, it doesn't always look the greatest. But I think that's when he's at his best, and that's when they're at their best. He yeah. needs to be aggressive. He needs to keep shooting. He needs to keep driving. Like he's he's got some nice moves, and it just need, he needs to keep going. He, his confidence, I think, uh, is continuing to grow, and that is obviously big for Wisconsin. No doubt about it. Now I know their game yesterday was supposed to be against Penn State. Got canceled due to health and health and safety concerns. I think Penn State would test positive for COVID nineteen. Do we know uh, like how they're going to reschedule this or what they're going to do? Yeah. So unlike the football schedule that you know Ooh. didn't really have 
didn't have any buys, right, or didn't have any weeks to, to fill, st- uh, refill stuff or uh, make up games. The, the Big Ten basketball schedule does have that. Uh, so there, there are a couple. I, I would be looking at for Penn State, the Penn State game. I'd be looking at uh, the week of uh, probably fe- February 25th around there. Okay. I think uh, would probably probably be when they would be able to make that game up. I guess it really depends on if. Uh, Penn State's able to play this week. Um, right. They, uh, I believe, had two people test positive. I think they're both players. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to be able to, to, to play this week. Uh, if they're not, then that could perhaps uh, impact you know, where Wisconsin uh, and them will reschedule the game. But I, I think the game will get played at some point. All right, Zach, um, before I talk Packers with you, I do want to bring up football, but for the Badgers real quick, here's Zach Halperin, yeah. our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, Saturday, a flurry of names came up from tight end Jake Ferguson, linebacker, you know, Jack Sanborn, he had a cornerback, Fayon Hicks. Uh, they said they're all coming back. And then Kendrick Pryor threw his hat in the ring. But uh, we're all celebrating these guys coming back, which is a good thing. But Nakia Watson has entered the transfer portal too, correct? Yes. So, I mean, I... I mean, if we're, if we're looking at news of the most importance of uh, the last few days, those four guys saying they're coming back is is significantly at a higher priority than Nikia Watson no saying he's leaving. Um, I was starting it, with the it, bad, then end with the good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Uh, Jesse Temple had a conversation with him, uh, a Q and A on the Athletic, that uh, where he broke down his reasons for leaving, and a lot of it had to do with you know obviously Jalen Berger. Um, and it also had to do with the idea that perhaps Garrett Groshek is going to come back, and then they've got three running backs coming in. They're after a, a transfer that could, from USC that could potentially be, be joining them as well. So he want, he said he wants to be Jonathan Taylor in, in terms of getting the ball as much as possible. Uh, that was not going to happen at Wisconsin. No. Unlikely going to happen. It's unlikely that it would happen at a Power 5 school, so he's going to have to go find a school that, that values him like that. And it wasn't going to be at Wisconsin. Um, you know, he was a solid back, but he he wasn't the next great thing. He at was no Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, to be the next Jonathan Taylor, didn't he realize that he needed vision too? I, I yeah, but I I think it's more of just the idea of getting as many carries as Jonathan Taylor did. Gotcha. Uh, where because I think we all would want to be like Jonathan Taylor, the statistically right. the best running back ever in three year span. Right, but like the bell cow, like where you're you're close to 300 carries yeah. in a year, and that was never going to be the case at Wisconsin with him because he just he's not. Jonathan Taylor. No. Yeah, Zach, I, I definitely would have lost that bet when, when you said, would there be a thousand yard rusher? And we had Nakia Watson, and that was when it was the 10 game season. Because now I firmly believe if they would have gave him 300 carries like Jonathan Taylor, he would have finished with like maybe 900 yards. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. And we all saw the difference between Jalenberger and him. And, uh, we all know what is the future at the position. And I, I, you know, applaud him for certainly realizing it as well. Yeah, uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, before uh, we talk Packers, then uh, let's talk the good on the names that are returning. Uh, how good is this? What's the spell for uh, the Wisconsin offense? And have you heard of Danny Davis is coming back as well? Because I think Joe and Rudolph said he was going yeah, to. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, you get your most productive guy in offense and Jake Ferguson back. He's got an opportunity to be the second most productive tight end in, in Wisconsin history, only behind Travis Beckham. You get your most productive guy back on defense and Jack Samor. He's led them in tackles the last two years. Uh, Fayon Hicks is a nice piece in the secondary. And then you get Kendra Pryor back, who only played you know, roughly two games. I mean, he, he finished the Illinois game, got knocked out of the Michigan game, got knocked out of the Indiana game. Um, that's a guy that has 70 catches. He comes back, and he's automatically uh, your most experienced receiver and, and a guy that's going to be one of your starters. I mean, he had, 100, he had over 100 yards in just the two games you know, combined that he played. Um, had he played just a little bit more, he might have been like the third or fourth leading receiver despite playing as little as he did. So, uh, yeah, the big name is obviously do you get 
the Danny Davis back because if Danny Davis comes back, then you have a guy who has a hundred catches, close to a hundred catches in his career. Um, and we saw what the offense looked like when it was Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson, Kendrick Pryor, um, and we'll see. You know, throw Jalen Berger in there, throw another year of that offensive line. I mean, I, that and then Graham Mertz actually has some weapons to throw to. Um, that has to be exciting to get these guys back. And I, I, I think Davis will, will come back. I'm not positive on that, but uh, I think he comes back. And if he does. Wisconsin's offense has a chance to be really, really good next year, and uh, even without Davis, I think they have a chance to be really, really good. But he would, he uh, would obviously give them a huge lift. He, like he's quietly got uh, close to 100 catches in his career. He's <laughs> going to finish top 10 in catches. He's going to probably finish top 12 in yards. He's going to be top 10 in touchdowns. Like it, quietly, he's had a very, very good career at Wisconsin. Rowdy, he's not a guy that you could potentially see transferring. It's either leaving school or staying at Wisconsin. Uh. I don't know. No one's talked to Danny Davis since uh, November, so okay. uh, we d- we all have to just go by what um, Joe Rudolph said. Uh, gotcha. I, and I, I and the other thing is I don't know what the date here is on when guys have to decide whether they want to stay or not. Right. We'll see. But yeah, it's, it, it. I don't know why you would transfer elsewhere when you could be the number one receiver here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you would be the guy here. Uh, clearly. Zach, and, speaking of uh, the guy, the, uh, the guy, especially in the Big Ten, um, you watch you watch Ohio State, I imagine, yeah. Yes. What you think about their quarterback? He's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was, I was calling for him to be taken out, though. I mean, well, I, I mean, dude, that hit was insane. I mean, it wasn't. Looked, it was targeting, but it, like he didn't try to do that, obviously. But yeah. He well, I don't know. Head down. No, he spun, and he. Anyways, see, that's, see, that's the whole debate. See what you hit. See what you hit. Um, I know Rowdy's probably. His make football violent there. again is is se- uh, seething through his vein his veins right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, but no, yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome, yeah. and uh, that was his. He's he's a legend now. And he's Indiana, what about well, did Indiana really try to protest the Big Ten and turn their back on them and then really get beat by Mississippi? Yeah, that's exactly what they did. But hey, it's okay. It doesn't count against the Big Ten's bowl schedule because <laughs> they were not wearing Big Ten logos. So yeah. independent Indiana lost. The Big Ten still unbeaten. I laughed at your tweet about that. Zach Halpern, our sports director, with us. All right, Zach, Packers time. Um, man, that victory over the Bears, it got a little uh, – I was never nervous about the outcome of the game, but I got a little tense in the third. You know, the Packers usually have that lull in the third quarter. I think the last time they did really good was uh, against Tennessee in the third. But just talk on – have you ever seen a performance or a duo like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? No. Are you saying you were not a little worried – when it was twenty one sixteen and they were driving and they had all these fourth down conversions and they were sitting there fourth and one and I got, I got a little uh, tense. I wasn't worried about the okay. Packers winning, but I was I, yeah. I got a little tense because I remember there's Aaron Rodgers versus Mitchell Trubisky. I was I was yeah, I was okay. I can't believe they passed on that. I mean, you had four straight fourth down runs convert and you, then you pass it. Either way, that's why I wasn't uh, yeah, nervous. I mean, yeah, I mean Aaron Rodgers just at a different level, and I it just feels like every time he throws Devontae Adams away. It's a catch and it's a first down. Right. And uh, I don't think I can't remember the last guy that you felt like every time he threw it there, it was going to be a catch and it was going to be uh, a positive play and it was going to be a first down. And I maybe mean, Jordy he, Nelson and then to go back, maybe what Sterling Sharp possibly. I, I want to say yeah. I mean, I, his I think Aaron Rodgers' passer rating when targeting Devontae Adams this year was like one forty seven. Uh, out of and that's out of one fifty eight point three. Yeah. It was one forty seven or something like that, which I think is the highest ever in was in uh, the NFL in NFL history. Yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, those those two guys on the same page, and uh, it just feels like every time it happens, you know it's going to be a good play. Well, how about they flash that stat with the only receivers, I believe it was, that had 1,300 yards receiving and 17 touchdowns? 
and it was Randy Moss, Chris Carter, yeah. and Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams played in 14 games. This is insane. Yeah, it, not even that, right? I mean, because he didn't, he didn't get the second half of the uh, of the Detroit game yeah. that he got hurt in. So it's like 13 and a half games, and, and that's what Rodgers apparently told in the locker room yesterday. It was 13 and a half games, which you just did. Wow. Uh, he, said he, he said he was getting emotional because it was, it was, it's as good of a receiver season in Packers history, and he didn't even get the full season to do it. It's, it's, you can't even put it into the words of how good this cat is and how good Aaron no. Rodgers is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, should he be given the MVP right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with you and say I should have been giving it to him at halftime yesterday. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Thank like, you. Thank you for looking. I'm glad I'm not on mute. 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. The guy totaled 51 touchdowns. He's career-high 70%. He lead, led the league in completion percentage. His quarterback rating was the second best ever, only bested by his 2011 MVP performance. I mean, it, it was a season for the ages, and, and uh, I think it's clear. And I, I, I see some late push for Josh Allen and all that BS. And I, I, Buffalo's a very good team. Big fan of Buffalo. Love Buffalo. Same, love Bill Down, city. circle the wagons. Yep, love them, love them. Hope they take out Kansas City. Yep, same. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. All right, Zach, no doubt about it. Um, and be honest about this because I'm going to be honest too. I'm going to do the same thing that I, 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 I raised an I, eyebrow and I'm like, who? Did you? Because I, I know you're, you know, the reporter side of you. You always know the ins and outs, everything about it. Did you know that there was a tight end named Dominique Daphne that was going to catch a pass mm-hmm. yesterday? Like, I, I was like, who the hell is that guy? Well, the dude caught his first pass last week, I believe. Um, and like, then, uh, obviously, the touchdown. But no, yeah, I mean, was it, uh, is that 11 different guys that caught a pass, a passing touchdown this year from Aaron Rodgers? Which yeah, I believe it's is over a, 10 uh, Franchise best. But he is obviously the most obscure one. Um, but did you know that him and Bob Tynion, both from Indiana State? And let me guess, they both were quarterbacks in high school. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, they, they, but they did have coaches as fathers, I'm sure. Yeah, right? Oh, like yeah, they, of course, of definitely course. definitely coaches' sons. Of course. Uh, someone, I mean, Dominic Daphne is a, uh, a refrigerator, man. Yeah, like, yeah he, he is. He's the fridge. Freezer, just, yeah, he is, he's built. But, no, I, I would not have picked him saying uh, he would have caught one of Rodgers' touchdowns yesterday. But when you throw 48, you got to spread them around. All right, Zach, uh, but final question before I let you go. Sky the limit for the Green Bay Packers, or is there a team in the NFC that you're like, oof, I don't know about these guys. They could knock the Packers off. I think the, I mean, who scares you? It's got to be Tampa, right? Yep. Just because of what they did to them earlier. In the well, year. it gives me shades of like San Francisco 49ers last year, right? You play against the Niners in the regular season, get spanked, and then you meet them in the playoffs again. NFC. Well, this one won't be an NFC Championship game, but then you get spanked. You know, that's that, right. that's the yeah. only thing that I am nervous of. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I don't think anybody's afraid of Drew Brees coming to Lambeau Field and tearing them up. I mean, mm. I, you know, <laughs> like unless they're unless the Packers' run defense just falls apart in the. Uh, uh, in the playoffs, I mean, but there it seems like it's ratcheting up more than anything. They, David Montgomery had been killing people, and to be held this to what was it, sixty nine yards, under four yards to carry, that was really good. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's Tampa, just because Tom Brady has done this how many times, and that defense and that front four getting after Aaron Rodgers was was such a disaster the last time. I think that would be the team, but. You'd still pick the Packers, right? I mean, I, I would still pick the Packers in that game. Yeah. Oh, and I lied. I have one more question, actually, Zach. And uh, <laughs> thank you for retweeting it. Uh, it's at Zone Madison right now. Do Since I think it's Mitchell Trubisky's last time wearing a Bears uniform this year, do you have a personal favorite Bears quarterback over the years? I just uh, did just Rex Grossman, Sexy Rexy, Jay Cutler, or Mitchell Trubisky. Do you have a personal favorite? I think it's Cuddy because the Bears thought they had a chance. Right, like they they thought that they were a really really good team and that they were going to go and do something with it, 
I mean, Rex Rosen's hands were just too small. I can't, I can't get on board with that. And uh, and Mitchell Trubisky, uh, he's got that that really sour face. Uh, I, I'm cutting because he was as talented as, as ever, but he would always come up short in the big moment. So, um, same old Jay. Same old Jay. Right? The JBJ man. Yep. Zach, we're going to let you be you, and that's the fantastic self that you are. And we'll follow along at your Twitter at Zach Halpern and all your awesome stuff uh, at MadCitySportsOne.com. And do we have um, anything else? Was the swing coming out? Anything else? In my- so, obviously, without uh, me and Jess are going to wait on doing the camps and we get some more of these announcements just yeah. so we have a better feel for what uh, 2021 is going to look at look like for Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, no game. We'll, we'll do the swing at some point. We'll have gotcha. we'll, you let us know. Keep on checking. We'll just follow on Twitter. We'll, we'll be on Twitter with you, okay? Yep. Zach, right, happy, happy New Year, brother. Thank you. There he is, our sports director, Zach Halpern. Good stuff there.